0: The Rambam in Deis gives us a very lengthier and elaborate version of how to view life. And he merely uses the Nazir as an example of this thing to bring rise from The Rambam in Hilchus Deis deals with this idea of, of being in the center and not veering to the extreme. However, he basically is referring to the area of Midos, of character traits, as opposed to religious philosophy, which is what we've been dealing with in previous discussions of this matter. And the Rambam, in dealing with uh, Midos, says the following, Dea, that the Rambam refers to, is what we nowadays refer to as midos. The two extremes in each mido, each character trait, and therefore that's the that's not the path for a person to follow on any of the extremes. He should learn it for himself, and therefore if he finds that he's naturally inclined to one of the extremes, or either as a result of conditioning or societal influences or whatever the case may be, whether a natural inclination or a learned inclination, he should bring himself back to the middle, to the right way, go in the good way which is according to the Rambam v'derech which is the straight and good path and what is that? he that's the middle that's the middle between the extremes in each of these character traits mikol ha'deyo in all possible different types of characteristics that people can have so when it comes to Character traits follow the middle. Again, the Rambam is referring now to to midos and character traits and not to religious philosophy. V'yadeya shehi This can be defined as the middle that is equidistant from the... Oh, one more. second, one second, one second, no, no. So, so the Rambam is defining that as the midah, or the characteristic exhibited by being equidistant from the ends, from the extremes. The enokray v'loy lezu v'loy lezu lufikach tivu chachom morishayim shey adam someday yosav tomid umisharay some chavle some v'derek huam tois k'deishi he sholim begufa a person should should follow the middle path from each of these extremes and that way you're healthy both physically mentally, emotionally as well as spiritually now the Rambam continues in Peragim since we have a certain level of condemnation that the Torah seems to... Uh, Chazal say that Kino and kavod, these character traits of, of envy, lust, and the um, search for power are things that are called derech roh, that are constantly condemned as being in the evil way. and um, it's a mission that says, Hakina va'tayeiv in olam that it takes a person out of the world. As a result, the person says, "Why shouldn't I avoid them totally?" Efresh man be I will, I will separate myself from them completely, and I'll go to the opposite extreme from these evil things. As a result to avoid Taivan. He will avoid the consumption of meat, wine, like a nazir forever. Loisa <speaking in Hebrew> he be celibate. Lo nor will he dwell in a nice home. he'll avoid nice clothing. Elo He will try to afflict himself with these kinds of of clothing sackcloth and the like Kugoin and the Rambam is very clear about it Kohani Aku such as the monks of the Goyim and therefore you will abstain totally and go like a monk in a monastery so the Rambam here is now saying that and, and here already he's crossing the line between a discussion of purely Midos and rather he's now talking about lifestyles in general. That a person could take to the extreme, the avoidance of sin in order to avoid sin and take the command of kedoshim to you, to a level of where he abstains completely from any of these things. Says the Rambam Gamzet, this is also not the proper way, it's also the wrong path. the. And it's forbidden to go in this way. Now here we're not talking about Midos anymore. Here we're talking already about lifestyles in general, where a person wants to become very religiously ascetic. HaMahalech Beder Zunik This is called sinful. And here the Ramam says his opinion of the Nazir something which we learned last time, more on <laughs> the Nazir's abstention from wine is considered sinful. Certainly one who abstains more totally is considered all the more sinful. In other words, as we discussed last time from the Gemara in Tainus Yud Aleph, as well as the Gemara in the Doram, Daf Tesla, Beis and Yud, we mentioned over there a number of opinions. One of them being Shimon Atsadik in the Doram, Daf Tesla, Beis, who said he only met one Nazar that he liked, and Rab Shimon, who was against making oaths in general, and Rav Lozer Akapur says the Gemara and the Doram Dafyud are all of the same opinion and that's the opinion that overly done and going into the extreme such as by Nazir is is not the, is not the uh, ideal Jewish approach to life that's the Gemara in Daf Yud Aleph and the Doram test and Dafyud and this was the opinion of Shmuel Shmuel the one that said too much abstention such as fasting is no good however the the fact that the Rambam only quotes this side of the issue means that this is the side that he holds like and this is the opinion that he has and this is consistent with the Rambam's general view of going in the middle that's the Rambam's general view about Midos and here he extends it to life in general it's what's known as, nowadays, popularly as the golden mean. Based on this general philosophy about life, therefore the Rambam says that the Psakh is like Shmuel and Rabbi or HaKapor that were against the Nazir and did not view it as the ideal. Notice though, last time we mentioned the Rambam that says that it is the ideal, and it is the right approach. But let's continue with what the Rambam says. Now again, what, what we've seen is that the Rambam has subtly veered, he subtly veered from, from Midos to lifestyle and religion. And therefore he says like this, Don't be overly religious. vad. <laughs> Don't abstain and refrain, other than from that which the Torah tells you to abstain and refrain from. Again, this goes back to that he passes like the Gemara, in the Doram Dafyud, that Reb Shimon, Shimon atsadik and Reb Lozar Akapor all say the same thing. And one of them is that don't overly um, extend yourself not by being a nozer not by making oaths and vows to prohibit upon yourself that which is normally permissible, but rather follow the Torah's normal patterns of what's permissible. Ka'chomu hachom, and here he quotes the Yerushalmi. Again, the Rambam has a lot of reasons as to why he says what he says. And the Rambam is not basing himself and paskining because Aristotle said something, He's paskening and basing himself Because the Torah said so And he's basing it On many of the Torah statements Such as the following Yerushalmi In the Torah Isn't it enough what the Torah has already Prohibited upon you? But you also want to look For new things And new prohibitions and Nui Yisurim or what Harry will call the Chumra of the Day alright it's not enough what the Torah already said is our Osir but you got to come up with new Yisurim and new Chumras of the Day and then he adds to this as well those that fast constantly that's the wrong approach Osir Chachom Sheyod Atzmai a person shouldn't afflict himself with fasts. And therefore the Rambam now says a general statement on this, and he bases it on the Pasuk already in Kohelas. So again, the Rambam really not only says a feeling or a philosophical statement, but what he considers to be the ideal Torah approach, and he bases it ultimately on the following Pasuk. Ba'al kol ha in other words, we ended last week with this posik in, in Kohalos that you have on the other side of your page, on the top. However, the Al-Ti is not necessarily only understood as meaning... Religious centrism and moderation. It could mean other things as well. Rashi on the posseg does not base it on a religious lifestyle decision. Rashi explains it that it's referring to, don't be like Shol Hamelach, who wants to be frumer than the Torah but against the Torah. There are those people that, you know, you could apply this posseg, not to a sense of moderation and a sense of centrism in your general religious outlook. But in terms of where you examine the Torah and you want to be more religious than the Torah. For example, you want to be a vegetarian. You can apply it to that. You want to be a vegetarian and therefore say it's wrong to kill animals and I'm not going to eat meat on Shabbos or Yon-tah, then animal sacrifices are wrong that's being more of a tzaddik than the Torah the Torah says there's animal sacrifices you don't want to bring animal sacrifices you could be a tzaddik harve the way Shol Hamelach was which is the way Rashi you have to remember when learning Kohalas, that Kohalas lends itself to people's feelings and interpretations constantly one of the big problems with learning something like Kohalas is that everybody looks at it and says oh yeah this is what I think and and everybody injects their own interpretations into Kohalas and Kohalas is viewed therefore as a just merely as a philosophical work reflecting on life and just to give you an example of that, you read these few Pesukim and everybody will naturally or automatically come up with whatever they want to inject into the words if you look in page 536 of the second column in the in the top Pasek Tesavov Es HaKolro Isi may heavily. I have seen it all, been there, done that, seen it all in the in my vain life. Yesh tzadik oivid I've seen how righteous people have become lost, even in spite of their righteousness. V'yesh roshamayir barasa. I've seen wicked people have lengthy days and survived and lived in spite of their wickedness. Therefore, seemingly the next book can continue. Al titzadik harbe, it's not worthwhile. It's uh, whatever it is, or don't. Don't be too righteous, overly righteous. Al t'shakim yaser. Don't be an overchacham. Lomat hashem al tisharbe, but don't be too wicked. Al tisochol, don't be foolish. Lomat thomas bloitecha. Don't die before your time. Toiv, what's good? I should techoy's bozev gamizal taniv techo. Hang on to one, take from one side, but don't hold back from the other. Another the right approach is to do a little bit of everything and to be balanced. Okay, most people then by reading this assume that that's what the Ramam is saying. If you look in Rashi, Posik Teshayin, Al Tzadik Shol, don't be overly righteous the way Shol Hamelach was. Shedim is he wanted to be a tzaddik, or and he had mercy on the wicked. Don't be an overchach. to make the kavuchaymer that Sholem Melach did when he came to this particular um, conclusion, which was umal He made a kavuchaymer from the egloarufa. That even for one dead body the Torah goes out of its way certainly for an entire nation and and right and don't be too much of a Russia as we find Sholem al was that he wiped out the city of Novi or so the way Rashi's learning the Pusik doesn't really tell you anything beyond what we would expect from the Torah anyway which is follow the Torah as given don't Deviate from the Torah, to the right of the Torah, or to the left of the Torah. Don't become frumer than the Torah. Don't become frumer than the Torah. If Hashem commands Shaul to destroy Amalek, destroy Amalek. If the Torah says execute someone, you execute someone, and don't start going into one of these ACLU things or or one of these. um, You know, don't be merciful on the wicked. Don't expand your mercy in areas that the Torah tells you not to. The Torah says, "Go to war," you go to war. The Torah says, "Kill," you kill. <laughs> so, therefore, the Alti Tzadikarbe and the Alti Rosharbe doesn't necessarily tell us how we shouldn't become overly religious. It just tells us don't call it religious when you're basically violating the Torah. That's not being religious. For Shaul Hamelach to violate a command of God and to not kill Amalek wasn't that Shaul was overly religious. He was merely violating the Torah by saying that the Torah isn't or the command that was given to him wasn't religious enough. However, here we see though that the Rambam is using it in a more broader sense to say that follow the middle path. Earlier the Rambam began with Midos but he but he crosses the line to defining the middle road as also applying to, to religious things as well. And therefore, don't fast too much, don't become a nazir. All of these things the Rambam views as being too far to the right, and therefore stay in the middle. And that's what al-Titzhabi Karbe means. According to this definition, using the rough model that we mentioned the last couple of weeks, means don't veer too far to the right means don't veer too far to the left don't go too far to the right to the extreme don't go too far to the left and as the Rambam says both extremes aren't good stick to the middle now says the Rambam but again it's in keeping with his basic approach which is what we to sum it up in a simple word we said it last week First thing is to be normal To be a mensh To be normal And therefore don't veer either way But the Rabbim says the reason why the Torah Wants that Is because that now Becomes the holistic approach To serving Hashem By utilizing all of these things And this is where the Miraglim come in and make Their mistake and a lot of people make their mistake In general And this is finally what you've always been hearing from all the rabbis over the years, that they harp on this point over and over. But again, you have to see it always in the context. And whenever you hear it isolated and uh, excerpted by itself, it becomes this whole mantra that Jews want pleasure and Jews are for enjoying life and all that. I mean, you keep hearing it over and over again. It's based on the next Rambam, but it's only, it's only properly learned in the context of the way it's being said, not isolated by itself. So this leads to a third idea about, about serving Hashem with everything. But before we talk about that aspect of it, let's stick to this business about going in the middle and the right and the left. Tzoruch Adam and Be'ez, Halacha Bays. So it's kind of an important introduction to this idea. We've already mentioned about being in the middle regarding midos, regarding not being overly religious. But now he says in general, everything that you have should be there for service of Hashem. This sounds pretty extreme really. You see, that, that's the part that people don't, don't harp on enough. The idea that everything that you should do should be the l'shem shemayim is not given enough emphasis. The only emphasis that's constantly given is that Jews accept pleasure and think of the world in a positive way. We're not talking about thinking of the world in a positive way. We're talking about utilizing the world in a positive way. That's a little different. It's a little different when you say, oh, Jews appreciate art and music and pleasure and life and beauty and all this. is a little different than saying... That everything that is in life could be utilized in a positive way in service of Hashem. That's a very crucial difference and that's what the Raman begins with. Therefore, therefore everything that you do, you're eating and you're sleeping and you're getting up and your speech, should all be for the service of Hashem. That's not, that doesn't sound like a moderate centrist approach. That's pretty r- radical and extreme saying that whatever you do should be employed in God's service. But he explains now what it means. It means being normal. When a person earns a living and takes money and earns money Your intention should not be just to make money. It's to keep your body and mind physically and mentally fit eating, drinking a home and all of these things that you're doing so you're earning money because you need it it's not that you're out to amass wealth it's because you need money money is utilitarian it's functional and likewise eating, drinking and marital relations These things shouldn't be done for the purpose of experiencing the pleasure and enjoying it Again, this is a little different than what you've always been hearing advocated about the Jewish way of life The Rabbim is clearly saying don't engage in these things for the sake of pleasure It's not the goal Pleasure is not the goal don't engage in these things for pleasure. Even though earlier he was saying don't abstain, but it doesn't mean engage in them for pleasure. <laughs> because if your mind is focused that way, you're going to wind up only eating and drinking things that are sweet to the palate and pleasurable to the body. Elo, the body. She'yoych al vi'yish taknei lavroiz gufa veivor bilvad. Notice here he uses the bilvad in the other direction. Eat and drink for health purposes alone. Primarily, or let's say, at least nowadays, primarily for health purposes. L'fikach lo'yoych kol shachech, mis'ave kekele v'hamor. Don't eat like a dog and a donkey that you're eating that which the palate finds pleasing and desires. Elo'yoych al dvar ma'mayil av laguf. Eat what what is good for the body. We are very, very far from this approach. I mean, everybody's always advocating the Rambam's approach and saying this is the centrist approach and this is the way the life in Judaism is. I, I know practically nobody that actually lives like this. This is, by the way, the centrist approach. It's true. This is the Jewish centrist approach as opposed to what we learned from the Rambam the other day where the ideal is maybe a little bit higher. I don't know anybody that's living on the Rambam, Rambam centrist approach. To our minds, this is the ultra-right extreme approach. I we would be living the Rambam centrist approach. If you would be doing that, there would be nobody that would be overweight, and nobody that would be eating stuff that we shouldn't be eating. Only eat what's mo' ilim im morim sukum irrespective of whether they're sweet or bitter. That's what you should be eating. I don't know anybody that lives like this. I mean, restaurants aren't based on this. And if something is damaging to your health or unhealthy, you avoid it. Period. That's it. There's no, you know, there's no way of trying to make it more appealing and give it an ambiance and all that stuff. All of your eating then. And drinking is by is, is almost therapeutic and medicinal. Lovah. Mm-hmm. Alone. That's it. Okay? Exclusively. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Even on Shabbos? Uh, Shabbos might be an exception. That's a valid question. Good point. Mm-hmm. In order that you should be healthy and whole and complete. I mean, Shabbos in the sense of of eating unhealthy, the Ramam would still disagree with You can't eat things that are pleasurable merely because they're pleasurable and Shabbos if they're unhealthy. Except maybe in moderation because a little bit of that doesn't necessarily affect your health. In terms of whether pleasure itself can be viewed as a positive thing regarding Shabbos, that's a good point that some people make. Namely that since only Shabbos itself is a mitzvah, Shabbos is kind of exceptional in the sense that pleasure on Shabbos is in itself a goal. And therefore, feeling pleasure and doing it for pleasure, on Shabbos, you're actually performing a mitzvah. However, in general, not Shabbos. And I'm not sure the Raman necessarily would hold regarding Shabbos as well. But, even if he agrees with it, clearly though, life is not meant to be lived for pleasure. That's the Raman saying. So again, in the context of what the Raman actually says, His centrism is not what we would nowadays refer to as centrism in moderation. And this is the Rambam who is the main advocate of this. The Rambam is not this great advocate of the pleasure principle that everybody tries to make him out to be. And the Rambam is basically saying that everything that you do is supposed to be dedicated for the service of Hashem. Even the most mundane, even the most profane thing that you do should be like that. Now, Jerry is correct in the fact that you can't eliminate pleasure from the equation and it's not meant to be eliminated for care. The fact that both things are occurring simultaneously because on I mean clearly the reason why pleasure and desire are placed there is because the reality is that human beings would never engage in things unless it's for pleasure. Human beings just don't. They would never eat and drink if there's no pleasure involved in it. They would not eat and drink for health. So, Hashem, knowing human nature, injects pleasure into actions and activities that are beneficial. But the ramam says clearly the, the byproduct of pleasure should not be the primary focus, but rather the ancillary thing. Therefore again, he says in the Gimel, libo sholem He should make his intentions be that his body should be whole and healthy. And again, this goes back to the other thing, that emotional well-being and mental and psychological well-being are also clearly necessary. And in this sense, one could maybe say that nowadays the pleasure issue maybe is somewhat more... we could be more relaxed or lenient about. And the reason for that is the following. We're living in a world where the entire life is as it's enshrined in the constitution the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of pleasure and everything about life nowadays in today's world and society is pursuit of the, of pleasure and maximizing pleasure in fact as you all know from uh, from different drugs that are on the market if you don't have desire there are desire enhancing drugs in other words, it's not enough that you have to satisfy desires but people feel deficient in the fact that they don't have desire and therefore they feel there's something wrong with me I wish I had more desire and more lust and therefore there are drugs on the market so that people without pleasure or without the desire for pleasure should take drugs they should feel the need and the urge for pleasure and desire if you don't constantly have urges and yearnings and lusts and desires. And we, not only that, but we cheer people on and consider them our heroes. If, I mean, in general society, not Jewish society. If they have an insatiable desire and insatiable lust. Those with insatiable appetites are considered to be the heroes. And everybody cheers them on. And if you haven't yet experienced deviant pleasures, then there's something wrong with you. Go out and experience it. Push the envelope, break all taboos. Why? To experience greater and greater pleasure. So we're living in that kind of a society. Obviously, that's not the Torah approach. We all know that. However, it does affect us in, in certain ways. Namely, that even when Jews follow the Torah and abstain, from anything forbidden, but because the the, <clears throat> the allure of society pulls you so, so strongly to pleasure, if we wouldn't give ourselves some satisfaction in terms of pleasure, then we would probably go crazy. Or we wouldn't be able to handle it. Or we wouldn't be able to maintain religious, whatever it is. So as a concession to living in 20th century and 21st century as a concession one could say that our emotional and psychological well-being will require us to somewhat give satisfaction to our Yetzirah in permissible ways in order that our Yetzirah shouldn't constantly distract us and take us away and make us go crazy by trying to fight the Yetzirah in a constant battle Because by doing so, you may, A, fail, B, succeed, but at the expense of some of your normalcy. And since normalcy is important, therefore we have to maintain our sense of normal well-being and uh, try to be as normal as we can within the confines of the Torah. But still, the Rambam is nowhere near advocating a centrist approach to today's life see, let, let me use by illustration what you asked earlier about the army you know, in an ideal world and situation, all of these things make sense you should you should, you should, go to the army, they have to work for the conjugal, all of these things but now go to the reality what does it mean? you can't just advocate detached, a certain ideal that exists on the books and sound, sounds highfalutin and not deal with the reality of the situation. If the reality of the situation is that joining the army usually leads to a person to all kinds of promiscuous behavior and a total breakdown of morals and that, then maybe even though your ideal is that we should be there, you can't do it based on the reality. If if the reality of learning general knowledge entails that the only way you could learn general knowledge and let's assume for argument's sake all of the advocates of Torah der Kheretz, Torah Mada and all of these things as being true and correct for argument's sake let's assume that there is a basis to it so let's just give them the complete right that they're 100% right what does that mean practically let's assume that Torah Mada is the right approach now, aside from revamping the whole yeshiva structure, which everybody likes to tinker with everybody else's lifestyle, but let's not talk about... Nobody's asking anybody over here to head Torah and and to become the God Lador and dictate to all the rosh Shivas and all the yeshivas what to do. So that's out. Nobody's running for the job over here, so we're not advocating that for anybody. Okay. But now, let's go with the assumption that the Torah-Omada approach is the correct one. Let's assume that for argument's sake. So practically, what does that mean? What does that mean? I, uh, well, if it's true, so I'm gonna go send my kids off to Columbia University or to, uh, or to Harvard, Yale, and these places with coed dorms and everything. And so is that what it means that the whole, because torah is right, I should therefore take, take my children and place them into a lifestyle that's going to endanger their lives? I can't, or their spiritual lives, I can't do that either. So who cares if the ideal is something, but if it cannot be practically implemented, then we have to deal with the way it's going to work in terms of the real world. I mean, clearly, certain kinds of schools, I'll mention one since it's safe enough, ramas that really advocates a great level of of Torah, Mado, and excellence in the secular world, but they're not exactly doing a an equally um, effective job of giving spiritual and um, Jewish knowledge excellence to their products. Yes, the kids go off to Ivy League places and become and become you know very much uh, the head of their classes. But their levels of Torah knowledge are clearly not in the same category. Yes, there are some that make it there as well. But overall, so what does that mean? Does it mean just because you're an advocate of Torah, Mada, you have now become an advocate of only Mada with Torah being down? So we're living in an imperfect world. Again, everybody wants to tamper with these shivs and fix these shivs up so it should be done right. The bottom line is you as an individual only have the choices that you have. You have schools A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you got to choose from one of them. And you can't look at their, at their uh, ideals and their philosophies. This is a Torah Mada school, this is a centrist school, this is a right-wing school, this is a left-wing school. That's irrelevant. The bottom line is where you're sending your kid, not which philosophy you're placing him under. Is it a philosophy that's right-wing, centrist, left-wing, Torah Mada, Torah alone, this, Mada alone? the bottom line is where the kid is going and what the school is actually teaching. So whatever their philosophy is, what is it that they're teaching? And you have to make choices based on that. Once you make those choices you may all of a sudden look at it and say hey, here I sent my kid to a Torah model school, but he's becoming less religious. Here I sent my kid to a, another school who's becoming more religious but is following the Torah only philosophy. Okay, so what can you do? What can you do? that's what life is. Again, you want to tinker and tamper with the yeshiva world and have them readjust their philosophy, fine, when you become the head of Torah Masara, we'll deal with it then. But the bottom line is that we have to deal with society as it is, and with our lives as it is. So therefore, to a certain extent, what the Rambam is advocating as centrism is nowhere what anybody would think of centrism as now, which is, enjoy life, but pay your dues in terms of um, tzedakah, pay your dues in terms of uh, lip service and votes and the like, and in terms of you know you keep your Shabbos and your kashos and everything else. But that's not, the Rambam doesn't advocate centrism and moderation as meaning keep kosher and glad kosher, but then it's okay to go out every night to a restaurant. The Rambam is not saying anything like that. He's far from that. If you'd follow the Rambam centrism you'd be considered to be a right-wing uh, reactionary today. However, so I'll go a step beyond the Rambam and say as a concession to our or horror dominated life that we're constantly faced with today. We're faced with a yetzir Horror dominated life as a concession. So the point is that to make a kind of a concession to our lifestyles that are just like constantly inundated by all of the stimuli, we sort of to maintain our equilibrium and our normalcy sometimes have to give in and into the eights or in a permissible way, in order that otherwise we'd go with sugar. But certainly a person that could live the Rambam's centrist lifestyle, great, and if you go beyond that. The problem is it's hard to go beyond some of these things and still maintain normalcy. And when we talk about normalcy, what the Ramam talks about health, we could extend to mental well being and emotional health as well. Therefore, the Ramam says, and again going back to the ultimate goal, gufay He should think to keep his heart, to keep his body healthy and whole, to be straight, and to be able to then utilize your potential and maximize it to know Hashem. Again, the Ram is going to the other extreme. He's not talking about that if you don't go to the restaurant, you'll never become a Talmud Chacham. What the Ram is saying is that it's very difficult to become a great Talmud Chacham if you're starving or if you're sick. Therefore, if you're going to do things that are going to endanger your health and your life, and make you very hungry, you will never be able to be a Talmud Chacham. But it's not the same thing as saying that unless I go to the restaurant once a week or twice a week, I'll never be a Talmud Chacham. That's clearly well, not the Rebbe's intention, and therefore his sense of centrism is not ours. And therefore, you should try to have. Children, You want your child to go to be Talmud Chochem. The positive effect of this approach to life, not ours, again, what we're doing is nowhere near centrism. But if you follow the Rambam centrism, the positive effect of all of that is the following. You wind up serving Hashem every moment of your life. Therefore, in business, you're serving Hashem because you're doing it to advance the cause. Because your mind is that you should be healthy and serve Hashem. You could be sleeping. You're sleeping because you need the rest. You know, you're learning and you're learning and you're learning and it's just not going anymore. You know, it happens sometimes. It's one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and you all of a sudden find that what an hour ago went very easily and quickly, you're just not getting anywhere. And you're going over the same Gemara and the same Tysus and it's just not getting, it's not absorbing anymore. And you realize it's two o'clock in the morning, it's time to call quits and close the Gemara and you got to go to sleep. Because if you're not going to sleep, You know, in the morning you'll be fresh at 1 o'clock in the morning at 12 o'clock you're able to function and focus and you're able to concentrate at 2 o'clock already the concentration is just not working anymore so you gotta sleep but if you sleep you're doing a mitzvah then the sleep is a mitzvah again this is not our sleep this is the Rambam's centrism so you have to sleep so your mind should be clear you shouldn't get sick you can't serve Hashem when you're sick your very sleep is serving Hashem. That's what it means. All your deeds should be the Shem And this is what the Pasuk in Mishle says. Know God in all your ways. Meaning that there is a capacity in all human endeavors and in all human actions everything that the human being does is capable of being employed in the service of Hashem know God in all your ways so therefore practically every activity that a person does is a mitzvah he's amassing money he's doing a mitzvah because he needs a home he has to provide and he gives tzedakah he's eating and he's drinking he's maintaining his body God wants that Last week we said from the Sefer HaChinuch that maybe the sin of the Nazar was that what he's engaging in is not good for him physically or will extend it because they don't talk about it as often mentally and emotionally. It's not good for him. So you're violating your body. God gave you a body. Vayitzer HaShem minu Adama <inaudible> of Rashi says Shnei is There's two Yud's in Vayitzer because Man was formed twice. Formulated twice with a spiritual and a physical side and because of that you're given the charge of maintaining both if you violate one of the tziras, the tzira of the body that's also no good that's what the Sefer HaChinuch says that most Nazirs tend to violate or it's possible that they're violating their physical well-being and that's sinful the Ramam agrees that's sinful so you have to do these things. So if you're eating and drinking, you're doing a mitzvah because you're maintaining your body. If you're having relations, then you're doing a mitzvah. Which mitzvah? I don't know. Puravu is a mitzvah. Maintaining the health of the child is a mitzvah. Oyna is a mitzvah. Fighting your yatorah is also a mitzvah. These are all mitzvahs. People that do things and are doing it mitzvah-like, every activity that they're engaging in is actually a mitzvah. That's the chol derachah Know God in all your ways. Now this already now leads us to a, to, to a dual understanding of what we're, we've been talking about earlier. In terms of the right-left axis, what does it mean to be centrist? But part of the centrism of the Rambam is not just that centrism is an ideal in itself. The ideal is to serve God all your ways, which is, which is possible. So you have to focus on the and realize that everything in life could be utilized and advanced for the cause of Hashem. The proper behavior in Midos is the middle and even religiously Chazal said don't go over the deep end on a right to left axis. So why was Nazar given? Let's take a look now in the top left where the Rambam describes This philosophy again. No, no, we're on the same page that we're at. Same side we're on. This is the excerpt from the Rambam in the fourth chapter of the Shemayin HaPrakim. We've already done on other occasions some of the seven, we've done all the seven, six, eight. This is from chapter number four. The truth is, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of what the Rambam says in Shemayin HaPrakim actually does come from Aristotle. Because I'm not well-versed in Aristotle, I can't really tell you which yeah and which not. But suffice it to say, that the Rambam is a Torah personality, and he's clearly basing himself on the Torah, yet the Rambam himself writes in his introduction that a lot of this comes from Aristotle. And I don't know which part yeah, which part not, but it's irrelevant. I'm just mentioning that, just that you should be aware of it. Says the Rambam, the fact that we find amongst Jewish sages that they seemingly veered to the extreme on occasion and didn't go in the middle path. Why is that? Mintoya achra They would sometimes go to extremes. time they would fast. Many of them were great fasters and fasted constantly. They would wake up at midnight. Even Dovet HaMelech when through the thing of he would arise at midnight to learn Torah and he fasted during a period of time. Or we would find Hanochas Achilas <laughs> Bosor Yain, abstinence from the pleasure of meat and wine, Barchokis <laughs> Hanoshim. Sometimes they would even abstain from their wives, such as we had in last week Parashim Moshe Rabbeinu, from his wife. Ulbushat Semer Vasar wearing this kind of uncomfortable clothing. Shechunas, the Horeb, going off into the, into the uh, mountains, living isolated from people, hermit-like existence. His Boedit, but the borrows meditation and contemplation in the wilderness is away from people becoming a hermit. <clears throat> so how come they did it if the Ramam is saying this is not the Torah approach? And this is not the Torah ideal? Again, according to the Ramban, there's no real question, because hey, fine, if you can do it, go ahead and do it. But the Rambam, as we've seen, advocates not doing it. The Rambam says another is an ideal. Again, going back to what we described earlier, the model. There's an up-down model and a right-left model. What we've seen is that the Rambam has all of this on a vertical, on a vertical scale where it goes up higher and higher and higher. So these aren't questions. If they're higher, they're better. The Rambam, though, doesn't seem to have that. He seems to have the other model that we've had which is right to left where it's not better, it's just more to the right and centrism is the ideal so why are they not at the center? Says the Rambam, you should know whenever you come across these things all of these things were therapeutic and medicinal they were not the ideal way to live, they were there for a particular reason Either or because they were living in a society that was so pleasure-dominated that there was no way of avoiding society except by running away. I mean, nowadays people bring society to their homes by way of television and light. But in the old days you could at least avoid society by uh, just closing your door certainly anybody that brings television into their homes is really bringing society into their home. Clearly we're not talking about those kind of people. We're talking about people that try to keep themselves away from the negative influence of society but are just constantly overwhelmed by it and uh, constantly inundated by it. So they have no choice. By way of by way of refuah, by way of medicinal therapy, They have to go to an extreme. Extremes are okay. As long as the Torah permits it, it's okay. Again, going back to your question about the army. Even assuming that the ideal would be to go to the army for Yeshiva Bachan, but if the reality is that by going there you're going to be losing so much more, then unfortunately you, you avoid it. Even if it's an unfortunate thing that you have to do, but you have no real choice and therefore you're doing something that's not the ideal. Let's take a second example that we had: Schools that you send people to. Again, assuming Torah, Mada Torah, and is the right approach. But if you're going to discover that all those schools that advocate that particular philosophy aren't quite doing the job and your kids are coming home taking off their yarmulkes as a result, then you don't have a choice then you don't have a choice. Then you may have to do something which is not the ideal. So, the point that the Rabbim is making is that when you observe people doing things that aren't the ideal, don't necessarily assume that they're doing it because they consider it the ideal. Maybe they're doing it in the context of what their lives are all about, that they don't have much of a choice. And therefore, for themselves, or for their situations, and certainly us observing historical figures, where we can't really place them in their proper historical context, maybe what you're observing is people's reaction. Not ideals, but reactions. And reactively, the Torah does allow these things. Reactively. It's medicine. The Torah allows you to go to the doctor. No one will ever say that when a doctor prescribes high blood pressure medication, or insulin, or any of these good medicines that the people that need it can't live without it, and no one says that they're the ideal. I'll give you even a better example, an extreme example. Chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is poison. But what you see is that sometimes even poison is good. Chavsusho, a person that has cancer, chemotherapy and poison is good. For a healthy, men it's poison. So medicinal
1: behavior
0: is likewise, has to be viewed as to the context of who's the one that's doing it. Therefore... People that saw that the society that they were living in was, was such that it was so corrupt and so degenerate They were scared They were afraid that they were going to be influenced by them This is really the answer to the army question that you asked I mean again there's a philosophical issue regarding army Thank you a philosophical issue regarding the army as well, which I don't want to get into. But I'll grant you the philosophy and the ideal. But living in the army structure is exactly what he's describing here as people that are scared that they're going to be overwhelmed by the corrupt, degenerate nature of the people around them. So what could they do? Valkein limit boros. Therefore, they have to run away. And they have to escape to the wildernesses. He's talking about more extreme behavior. You have to run away to the wildernesses to avoid society. I mean, in our society here in New York, you can't even live in such a society. So therefore, Saturama, if, you, if you see people exhibiting extreme behavior amongst the sages, such as running to a place like a midbar, what you're observing really is Medicinal, therapeutic behavior whereby you're reacting to society. You're running to the wilderness. If you go to the army, that's exactly what it is. The avoidance of the army is the equivalent of running to the midbar. Is running to the midbar the ideal? No. Is avoiding the army the ideal? No. But is running to the midbar sometimes necessary? Yes. Is avoiding the army, if that's what the army uh, atmosphere and life is about is going to do to you, is avoiding it, then correct? Yes, it's necessary. So again, I'm not dealing with the philosophy. I'm only dealing with the lifestyle. Now, Chazanish points out that, well, we'll get to that shortly, but what's the source of even this kind of extreme radical behavior? To run L'mok Ain shamra. Uh, again, they have to run away to the wildernesses, places where there's no evil. And he quotes the Pesach of Yirmiyam. Yermiah himself said this. Who would give me that I should be able to run off to the wilderness? I I could run off to the wilderness and avoid people. Let me leave my people. Let me forsake my nation. Let me go away from them. They're all a band of adulterers and traitors. The people have become traitors and adulterers. I gotta avoid them. This is, this is acceptable behavior. Even according to the Rambam centrist view. Kashiro Aksil, unfortunately what happens is, says the Rambam, is that foolish people observing these great sages and tzaddikim doing this kind of extreme behavior For therapeutic purposes. When they were viewed by fools. They crossed out the boundary between. That which is correct behavior. Reactively. And therapeutically. And that which is ideal. When you see someone. Popping pills of chemotherapy. And you start thinking that they're vitamin pills. That's that's a big problem. What happened was. They were employing this like chemotherapy, and that's acceptable. It's the fools that saw them as vitamin pills. <laughs> they said this is the right behavior. This is the ideal behavior. Therefore, they began to afflict their bodies physically. They would flagellate themselves. They would they would cause themselves to suffer. The yachshuv when they thought that this actual behavior itself is a way of serving is a way of serving Hashem and they would try to copy this behavior thinking it's an ideal thinking it's a goal thinking this is the way to serve Hashem and that the actual suffering is service to Hashem that already is Christian now already we get back to the philosophy then the idea that the body's suffering is desired by God and is a way of serving God is a Christian thought and a Christian philosophy and therefore Christianity corrupted from foolish Jews this idea. But the Rambam is saying, yes, people engage in this behavior, therapeutically. Not that this is the way to serve Hashem. The way to serve Hashem is the middle. You're ready to describe for us the way to serve Hashem. But on occasion you will have to deviate to an extreme in order to react to the other extreme. And therefore medicinally you're allowed to do it other foolish people viewing what you're doing medicinally and therapeutically as being the ideal create an entire philosophy of pain and suffering as being the ideal which it's not and therefore says the Rambam they thought that by, by copying them and emulating them they're emulating great sages now they're acquiring and great and great uh, good deeds This is the ideal and this is the good. And this is the way to come closer to Hashem. As if to say, God hates the physical body and wants its, its degradation and destruction. Not true. But that's what people start thinking. God hates the body. So now what you're hearing, you see, the problem is that nowadays everybody hears the tail end of this. Everybody always hears how Judaism is reacting to Christianity, is reacting, and Christian philosophy is to hate the body, and Christian philosophy is, is inui, and pain and suffering, and Judaism is not like that. We don't hate the body, we love the body, we're not, we're not for pain and, and suffering, we're against it, we advocate pleasure, and all of a sudden, everything turns into just this issue. Christianity is against phys, uh, physical uh, pleasure, Judaism is pro physical pleasure, that's really missing the boat if you hear all of this now, at the tail end of a shear that we've just had for the past hour, you could finally place it in context that the Rabbim is nowhere advocating a pleasure principle versus Christianity as being nothing, it's only a Christian concept to avoid pleasure, but Jews are into pleasure that's the way it's presented to us nowadays, that's not what's happening over here What's happening over here is first you have to understand what the Rambam's centrism is. You have to understand what the Rambam's centrism is. A. Regarding Midas. B. Regarding religious life in general. He buttresses it based on different Gemaras that advocate the same idea and say take the normal central approach because that's the way you're going to be sane and healthy and whole and normal. Then the Rambam says nevertheless serve Hashem with everything that you do and avoid pleasure for pleasure's sake but serve Hashem with everything because everything could serve Hashem then the Rambam says that yes, medicinally you could veer to the extreme and he says now there were fools that only saw that tip of the iceberg how people veered to the extremes and they were great sages and made an ideal and a philosophy out of that and that's what we're against that's not quite the modern um, version of this particular issue But if you follow the progression the way I'm doing it, it's a whole different picture. It's that those people that had to use chemotherapy and veered to the extreme, and as a result fools developed a philosophy where they exchanged chemotherapy for vitamin pills, and therefore we disagree with them, and that developed into Christianity. Yes, there we disagree with them. But nowadays it's a moot point. There's no one that's advocating that kind of extreme asceticism. No one's advocating that. As a result, he says, He didn't realize that these are bad behaviors, and you'll get bad qualities and bad characteristics. And therefore he makes the comparison to a person that knows nothing about medicine. He's not a doctor. And he observes, where they give medicine to people that are dying and they give them poisons and he tells you what they are. And in other words, this example that I'm saying, what the Rav I'm saying is very similar to my example of chemotherapy. You see doctors giving chemotherapy and radiation treatments to people that are nebuch with cancer. And as a result, they're, they're, they're going to die otherwise. Who them? and the rabbi gives an example and they don't eat. The may him, and all of a sudden they become healthy and, and they go into uh, into regression, remission. The they're safe from death. Hatsola completely safe. Ooh, that's wonderful. Comes the fool, he says, Hey, that's true, and the big doctors are doing this. Obviously, this is what I should do. And he starts taking the same things if it works to make a sick person healthy it will maintain a healthy person's health that's a fool that's the shol ha a foolish kalv I see a doctor giving medicine, saving lives this is really the elixir of life and therefore it will certainly keep me healthy Oh, Yosef, or maybe it will even make me healthier and stronger. His chalokachas, he starts taking them constantly. He starts taking the same regimen that these sick people are doing. And rather than taking his vitamin pills, he's taking his chemotherapy pills. He's going to get sick. This guy is going to get sick. Likewise with spiritual ills and spiritual sicknesses. Spiritual sicknesses sometimes need medicine. And therefore, those that are sick of the soul, if they take the right refus, they'll get healthy. That's why we have a Torah. The Torah gives us a complete regimen for healthy and sick. says the Rambam Nazir is sick. Nazar is to help out a sick person. Even the story of Shimon Atzadik is along these lines. What does Shimon say? I'm against all Nazars except for this guy because he had a good reason. He had the Yetzirah that was attempting to remove him from the world because of his beautiful long curly locks of hair. He said I'm going to become a Nazar and fight the Yetzirah. Good. That's the proper medicine to fight the Yetzirah. So the Torah gives it all. It doesn't mean that everything that the Torah gives us is the ideal way of life for healthy people. It's just there to give us the leeway and the flexibility to deal with all facets and all situations in life. That's the Torah How much the soul was there to make us whole. As it says in Tehillim, Torah Hashem Tamimah Meshivas Nefesh. Listen to the words. The Torah of God is wholesome. It's whole and wholesome. Meshivas Nefesh. Meaning what? It restores the soul. Meshivas Nefesh. In other words, not only is the Torah wholesome, and not only is the Torah whole, but even if you're sick, it's going to restore you. mishiba It's medicinal. So the Torah is for healthy people as well as for sick people. It'll keep you whole, Torah Hashem Temima, but it'll also give you the medicines of life to restore you to health. Eidus Hashem nemonam nachkimas pesi. It should make the fools wise as well. Now, therefore says the Rambam in the last couple of paragraphs, the natural normal person should therefore follow the middle path. He should eat the right quantity of what's good for him. Likewise. The same is true with other physical pleasures. He should live in a normal civilized world. Be yeusher and act straight and faithfully. The way of the Torah is talking not to run off to the wildernesses and to run off to the midbar. Don't afflict yourself. Don't wear lousy clothing that will pain you. Don't make yourself suffer. As it says that we've seen before to do what the Torah says. He concludes, that we should always follow the middle path. Never deviate from the middle to the extremes, except, and this is an important, except, to work against the Yetzirah by going to the opposite extreme. The Azuhara schlepping you one way, you have to use an equal force in the other direction. The example that is used elsewhere is something which is straight. You leave it straight and you don't bend it in one way or another. But as soon as it's bent in one direction, right? It's bent up and you want to straighten it out, it's not going to be enough to straighten it out by just trying to straighten it out. You have to bend it the other way in order that it should straighten out. So when do you use bending and you go in an opposite direction only only when there's a crookedness already to begin with. Then you deviate. Now let's be aware of something. We're living in a society that's pulling us one way. So yes, there is some value to isolation and insulation in today's society to create an insular society because society tugs and pulls at us to such an extent that we're almost in the equivalent of the Rambam's case of running off to the midbar. The Rammam says people are influenced by their society. The Ramam says, unpaired love in How people grow and are influenced by their society. As a result, if you're not living in a good country, move to a good country. If you're not living in a good neighborhood, move to a good neighborhood. If you're not living in a good place that's going to be advancing you spiritually, move to a location that's going to do those things for you. If nowhere in the world could you find such a thing, then run to the deserts. Run to the wildernesses. If you can't find good places to live in, run to the wilderness to avoid the influence. So the Rambam is advocating in a society similar to ours, I should say the word similar to ours was actually used by the Rambam himself. The Rambam says in today's society it's really terrible. You could have, he didn't see anything compared to what we have. And therefore, yes, then there is advocacy to run off, to live in hermit-like existences. And that's appropriate behavior. Says the Chazanish, nowadays, where are the wildernesses? Yeshivas. Says the Chazanish, the wildernesses of today are the, are the wildernesses of the Rambam. Run to a yeshiva. Run to a base of And by running to a yeshiva and to a base of that's fulfilling the Rambam's. So now let's go back to the nozer. What we now see is, based on this, that the nozer, there's. Yeah. So getting back to the Nazar. So where does the Nazar come to us? Again, viewed according to the Ramban, on an up-down axis, the Nazar doesn't sit. And he's bringing his carbon chatos for going down. For leaving his Nazar-like status and going down, he's bringing the carbon for going down. Which makes a great deal of sense. That a person that's finally on a madrega and leaves it, you're in the yeshiva, and you're leaving the yeshiva, You should bring a korban. You have no business going out into the world and leaving it without being aware at least that you're leaving a more ideal behavior to a more um, morally compromised behavior and therefore you bring a korban. The Nazar's high, he's going down, he's compromising his spirituality, he brings a Uh, korban. Comes the Rambam's approach, which is not as we've seen from the Rambam himself. It's actually from... The Gemara. The Gemara in Tainas Dapid And the Raman proves it from Yushalmi in the Dharam. As well as his interpretation of the Posik and Kohelos, Alti Tzadik The sin of the Nazir then is one of Alti Tzadik Harbe. Alti Tzadik don't be overly righteous and by afflicting yourself. But now let's explain what that means. It could mean one of two things. It could mean that the Nazir, by idealizing a lifestyle that was never meant to be idealized, is sinning, which is the way Harry began with. Words, the fact that you think this is an ideal, is the sin. The fact that you think like the Ramban, is the sin. The sin of the Rambam is, that the Nazar is making, is that you, that you held like the Ramban. You think that this is higher, it's not higher. That's the sin. Bring a Korban Chathos, that you shouldn't think this is the ideal, that this is like the Ramban. Furthermore, The fact that you are utilizing medicines of the Torah that were meant to be used only as medicines and you don't need it, that's a sin. It's clearly sinful for a child to go through a child-proof guard and start taking the medicines. You know, if someone takes chemotherapy when he shouldn't, that's a sin. Therefore, the Nazar is sinning with that as well, if that's appropriate. Furthermore, As the Chinook points out. Are you utilizing the right medicines the right way? Maybe what you're doing is detrimental to your physical and spiritual well-being or your emotional well-being or your mental well-being or your psychological well-being. It's detrimental to you. And therefore that's sinning. You're sitting against your body. You're afflicting yourself in the wrong way. And therefore you shouldn't. However, does it mean that every Nazir is doing a sin now. Says Shimon At Sadik, I met the right Nazir. He targeted it perfectly. What he needed was the therapy of Nazirahs. Nazirahs was the right therapy for him. So it comes out like this. It comes out like this. That according to the Rambam, there's a very broad spectrum over here, And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not good. If it's therapeutic, it's the right thing to do. But bring the Korban Chatos nevertheless... To be aware that this is therapy and not ideal. This is not the the, the way you should live. This is only therapy. So you bring the khatas anyway. Furthermore, most nuzers, as Shimon Tzaddik said, are misusing it, and most nuzers, possibly according to the Rambam, are viewing it as an ideal when they shouldn't either. So there are a number of potential pitfalls in the nuzer, according to the Rambam. <coughs> yeah.